Vernon Ice Black, Vern to his friends. Cool jam there called Situation. I love this kind of groove myself. Really, really one of my favorite sort of sounds because, like, it sounds hard rock, it sounds funk, yet it's also like gospely. It's got everything. Kind of like the guy who put it together, Vernon Ice Black. Great to have him on the show. I met him first like 23 years ago, but this is the first time we've really connected, and you know, wow. I get to go into his life. He's played with everybody. Aretha Franklin, Steve Winwood, Stevie Wonder, Jaco Pistorius. I mean, it's crazy. Bunch of stuff with Whitney Houston. He's in her famous So Emotional music video. Mariah Carey, India R.E., Booker T. It just goes on and on. Of course, he's got his own solo music. And he's going to give you a funk guitar lesson and an improvisation lesson and much more. And, and you know, when you're listening to him play, just dig that pocket. He's so relaxed. I really, really take inspiration from how present he is in the groove when he plays. Great singer, too. This episode is brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player. Play better. Sound better. Magazine still going strong. After all these decades, and in the companion November issue 2020, you can see the companion piece to this podcast, a piece on Vernon Black that I wrote. Of course, it doesn't go into anywhere near the detail we're about to get into here. Talking about his adventures and inspiration, and also what the heck it is to live a a whoop-de-doo sort of life. <laughs> that phrase comes up a couple of times. And of course, you know, the this is a remote recorded one, but we have a ton of fun over the web here. If anyone's new to this show, I mean, of course, well over 100 episodes all in person, face-to-face, guitar-to-guitar. But the Zoom is cool, too, while we all figure out how to deal with this pandemic. But I do look forward to getting back to in-person ones again soon. Really take you to that room, drop you in people's backyards, and go into their studios, etc. But this is cool. Vern has a great mic. I think it's a Neumann. However, it's so good. It's picking up like a computer hard drive and stuff. Like, I really should have uh, been more strict about, like, hey, can you get that right next to your face? So I kind of had to gate it a little bit, but it's still, it's just a great, great interview. No Guitar is Safe, episode 123. I'm Jude Gold. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to zip up to the Bay Area with our turbocopter. Hope you enjoyed Molly Tuttle on the last episode. Phenomenal episode, I thought. A lot of good stuff. Plenty more stuff to come right away. Have another one for you next week for sure. And a quick shout-out to Brother Jay Middleton, great singer that Vern and I are recording with. He kind of made this episode happen. Keep it alive till you're 95. Take it, Vern.
sure I've got the guitar um, I see it oh, oh yeah, yeah baby a little Jimi Hendrix action rock and roll yeah <laughs> you are my kind of hero oh, no seriously the guys like you who have a career that spans so many superstars and so many different pro- projects Done, this is, I've done over a hundred of these shows in five years with all kinds of great guitar players. And um, most of them are... Why am I here then? <laughs> well, go back to what I said before, which is you're kind of like my favorite kind of guitar player. Someone who's oh, wow. done everything. Played like, you know, I love guys that have been in one band like Keith Richards for 50 years or whatever. Oh, he's, he's one of my heroes. <laughs> He's one of my heroes, man. I told him when 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 I finally got to med- meet him, I told him that, man, you, you don't know me, man. You know I'm your biggest damn fan, dude. And he just cracked up and and laughed about it, and we we talked about it. But I, I'm I'm one of, if not his biggest, he's one of my heroes, man. So yeah, man, you got to tell me this Keith Richards story. But first, let me just remind people all of the crazy amount of superstars, not just great artists, but superstars that you have worked for or been the musical director for. I mean, I have a list. Tell me if any of these are incorrect. But I've, my sources say that you have played with Stevie Wonder, Herbie Hancock, Steve Winwood, Shaka Khan, Kenny Loggins. And of course, you know, these might be playing or recording in the studio doing film stuff, videos, Lionel Richie, touring, you know, all that stuff. Brian Melvin, I remember that record from the Bay Area. Uh, um, with uh, um, That was when I first met Jocko. Yeah, I got to hear And boy, I have some Jocko stories <laughs> for you because we ended up in the same band. He stayed here in the Bay for a minute. Yeah. And we played together, but I'll tell you about that later. Oh, man. I, like I said. That's my boy. Superheroes. That's my boy. <laughs> my boy. Yeah, that was definitely my question about that that band. Uh, Busta Rhymes, Michael Bolton, um, India Ari, Al Jarreau, Ashanti, Booker T, Merle Saunders. I played with Merle Saunders for a, like All right. 10 oh, shows. That's, that's, uncle, that's my unk. That's my big brother right there, uh, baby. God bless him. And then... Yes. Um, Whitney Houston, you're on the So Emotional video. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm just touching on some of these. You you played on the Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack and the mm-hmm. and the Bodyguard, which was of course mm-hmm. Whitney Houston's big mm-hmm. one of her one of her many big moments. And you also were MD for the Spice Girls when they were like the biggest act on planet Earth. Oh yeah, Spice and, Girls. What you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> and. Maybe we'll start with one of your gigs that you could tell us about. You played with Mitch Mitchell and Noel Redding, I think this was in 95, at the Jimi Hendrix Festival at Bumbershoot Stadium in Seattle. And you were also the MD for that whole event. Uh, I was like a co, there was three of us. The main MD, want to be clear with that, My, 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 my brother, my family, my brother and my family. Nard and Michael Walden. Oh yeah, he was the MD for that, and he he um, asked me to be uh, one of his uh, one of two of his right hand men. It was me and Frank Martin, Bay Area yeah. keyboard finest, because um, he knew my my love and understanding and connection with uh, 
uh, with, with Jimmy and, and the music and the whole bit. So, yeah, so that's how that was. So, no, I wasn't not the music director. He was the, you know, Grand Poobah, yeah. but I was there right next to him all the damn time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's obviously legendary Bay Area producer and drummer. And I guess he's going out with Journey now coming up. How about that? Apparently. Which is awesome. He and his other right hand man, Randy Jackson. Yeah, Randy's back. Yes, <laughs> awesome. my brother still. Do you think Randy's gonna bust out the green spandex like he used to or whatever? Or whatever um, color. <laughs> you know I'm just kidding. I think he might um do a um, a version of that. It may not be green, <laughs> but he's yeah, gonna rock it out because you know that's that's how he does it, man. That's, now, you opened that Jimi Hendrix Festival, I believe, with Mitch Mitchell and Noel Redding, Jimi Hendrix's quote-unquote experience, the yes. band that he broke mm-hmm. out with, the bass player and drummer. Yes. What song did you play? Let's hear that guitar for a second. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, um, the <laughs> I don't know first, that one. <laughs> right. The first note, the first um, song, I think, was um, the lead singer of... Um, Heart. Heart. She opened. Uh, she she opened with us. Ann Wilson. Songs. Yeah. 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 And her sister Nancy so plays cool. guitar. She was so cool. Yeah. She's a badass. I love her pieces. I do remember. I think it was the third song. And, and first of all, let me explain that uh, it, it was Mitch and Noel, and Noel and I became great buddies. That that five day experience, man, and, and that wow, there's there's a yeah. story for you, man, but. Man, I love that guy to pieces to this day. God bless you, man. But um, just real quick, the band, uh, T.M. Stevens was on bass also. Narda was playing drums also. Uh, we were all playing together when we opened up oh, yeah. that thing. We were all right. we were all hitting together with, with, with Mitch and Noel. Uh, but here's one thing that I remember, and tears. Woo! I might have to fight them off. Right now, dude. <laughs> Reliving that shit. Yep. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Forgive me, I'm one of those kind of guys, man. Uh, so, I, th- I believe it was the third song was Purple Haze. And they had timed that halfway through the song, right before the solo section started, right there at that time. They had timed that, um, you know, he was a paratrooper. And... That's right. Yeah, and they had timed it so that his guys, he, that infantry, I can't remember the name, 123rd, I want to say, but I could be way off. They timed it so that, and, and this was at Bumbershoot, right? Big open, whoop-de-doo, outdoor, you know, sports arena. Stadium. They, they flew right across and really low. Two. They flew right across, right at that midsection of the time of the song, and it was, it was dramatic, man. So wait, did they parachute out, or did they just fly planes across? No, they just flew across. Wow. Nobody tried. Man, that is powerful. I don't think. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna have to say, I, hey, man, I was playing guitar, going, damn, look where I'm at. <laughs> uh, that's a moment. Yeah, that I, man. People, you know, that's a detail in Jimi Hendrix's early life that. You know, it's just it's just kind of a footnote, and then to make it that moment, man, that is super powerful. Oh man, it, it was crazy powerful. The whole thing. You should have seen the uh, the gathering of every most every musician that was going to play 
that night. It lasted a whole weekend. It started early Friday morning, and it didn't end until late Sunday night. So tell us about Jimmy as an influence. I mean, he's been an influence on just about every electric guitar player we can name, but was there something specific or special about the way that he affected you? Well, yeah. (laughs) And I think it was overall, and that's part of... um, me, I think, period, who I am. And, you know, I just count the blessings that, you know, I, I, I finally learned and figured out what, what what it means. But for Jimmy, when I first connected with him, it was the energy of it. It was the, 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 the rockness of it. And at the yeah. same time, he was an R&B guy, so the funk and R&B side of it... And he was a blues dude, sort of blues dude of it. It was all that he he just it was all in there, and that adventurous balls to the walls. I don't give a fuck. This is how I feel about it, kind of shit about it. And then he became all this all this electric experimental going for it kind of thing. He he just it, it was in him. He just went for it, man. And all that, yeah. some people call it psychedelic, uh, and it is, kind of, but, you know, it's, it's music, man. He he would take feedback and make music and stuff with it, man. And it was part of his, yeah, he, he was very um, just intense. Uh, all of that together is my one answer to that question. All of that. Yeah, that's... All of that. Actually, yeah. I think he changed the perception of the electric guitar. He just, no he doubt. did some shit that was like, man, I wouldn't think about that. Were you thinking about that? No, no, I wouldn't either. What, you know, it's that kind of shit. And he made beautiful music with it, man. Beautiful. Now before, now before we go any further, can you show us, tell us about your guitar, which is very interesting, and show us it and maybe play a couple notes. Okay. First, like, I'll play a couple of notes. All right, got him. Oh, em. man, you're, that's two. you're holding back today. That's two. Okay. <laughs> Dude, I can't tell you how much people just love to hear the fingers on the strings. Oh, so, okay, I'm going to play two different what's... notes. All right, fingers, baby. Hey. That's all about so, one note, really. Uh, hey, B.B. King, another one of my, oh, my brother. Circus smile. Why am I singing? 
Hey, oh, she's feeling it. Can't help Running it. Running wild. <laughs> Butterflies and zebras. And fairy tales. Fantastic. Oh, thank you for that. Man, you are such a soulful player. I can't believe it. Just uh, watching you play. What's that guitar? Uh, this is my first, um, back in the day, I, I was I was still a kid, and I only had like $27 to my name. <laughs> so I bought a yeah. body shaped like a Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. You know, Seymour Duncan pickups. Uh, this that that's 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 uh, one of the original Floyd Roses back in the day. That's the old boy. That's from the '80s, baby. Yeah, it looks kind of like some Hot Rail kind of pickups. Hot double rail Rails, pickups. man. Hot Rail, Seymour Duncan. Those are my people. I love them. They they live. Seymour yeah. Duncan lives on on all my um, all my guitars on my. Uh, yeah, and this is cool. an ebony neck, and um, my boys in San Francisco, you know them, uh, Gary Brower, my family, yeah, Gary, Gary Brower, and uh, Dan Ransom. Um, Dan uh, built this neck, which is 
bird's eye maple ebony fretboard i've got the 6100s frets mm -hmm. on the neck and um yeah. this is my baby um born 1982 80, 82 and a half 1983 <laughs> yeah and you got like five or six push buttons on there or more yeah uh, that's how you get different pickup combinations huh i'm just guessing it's all tone man it's all about the sound you know i've been a studio rat Oh, this is great. Very great for you to bring that up. Here's the vibe, man. When I moved it to the Bay, I was in Santa Cruz for a, for a minute, me, me, me and my, my wife and, and, and two daughters. We moved to the Bay. Uh, we moved to Oakland. And little by little, you know, hustle by hustle, yeah. I ended up meeting Narda. And I ended up being a studio guitarist for Narda. And it was in... Uh, you know, that a very good section of his Grammy Award winning producer dude days. And I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to play all the styles of music. I just loved all styles of music. I, I, it, it, it was just there. Most yeah. High gave it to me. I didn't think about it. You know, it wasn't like, hey, what if I... No, it wasn't that. You know. Yeah. And so that's how... All these buttons and that kind of thing came about. I wanted to have one guitar that could truthfully uh, represent each or as many as possible styles of music. Yeah, for, from an electric acoustic sound to a big body fat boy jazz sound and everything in between. And rock out with your ham out, whatever kind of sound too. That kind of thing. So that's where this, 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 all the buttons and stuff came from. And so the buttons are, oh man, I can't tell you that. That's my secret. That's my secret. <laughs> okay. okay, next question. But they are different pickup combinations and stuff, or? I'm just kidding, man. I'm gonna, <laughs> let me go back. <laughs> you don't have to get, I mean, we don't have to get super nerdy, but like. Oh man, I'm already a nerd, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, what do they I'm, do? I am a nerd, dude. I'm a squeaky wheel, so. Oh man, it's all right. It's all gravy, buddy. There's a button for each pickup, turns it off and on. Off yeah. and on each pickup, single coil, double coil, each pickup. Nice. And and then um, the whoop-de-doo button the, the is the, <laughs> the preamp off and on. Sweet. Yeah. And the preamp. Output boost? Well, it's a little more than that. Uh, we, we actually, uh, uh, this guy, Philip, Philip, uh, Philip Ralph and I, we, he actually built it and found the uh, you know the the caps capacitors and, and whatever is to to uh yeah. deal with the uh eq part of it and okay. and it inside uh, underneath my uh, pick guard there's a uh, you can turn it up or down you can, you can adjust how much output but the main thing that i wanted was that i wanted a little bit not only power but i wanted a little bit of a low-end boost mm -hmm. which would start right around 120 hertz ish ish yeah and then uh, uh, a high-end boost which would start right around 4k ish three three and a half to 4k ish so you know it's kind of got a smile kind of thing about it uh, smile that curve kind of, on the on the graphic eq yeah 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 sir yeah sir oh, and, that looked kind of like a w like as in whoop-de-doo like whoop oh! <laughs> Very good, whoop-de-doo, exactly, exactly. Yeah, whoop-de-doo curve. <laughs> That's funny, there it yeah, is. So. Okay, so this is, I've got a 
little overdrive on it. I could change, I could change whatever. Yeah. going direct today i suppose right into your uh i am going uh, through um a pod an old school pod the kidney bean shaped yeah. pod you know what's amazing to me is that you were involved from what i understand in the development of the mp2 preamp from ada i had an MT- mp1 those things were so great when they came out in like early 90s or something yes 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 yeah, that, yeah that's that's my stuff man i um I was, I, I called myself a white coat. You know how you, the guys in the labs are wearing white coats? Yeah, yeah. I was a white coat, man. I was over there all the time, and I um, I very heavily was into the designing of, of, of that thing. We, we were, uh, you know, standing in very long workbench, and the amp was just, visually, it was just wires and this is and that's and kind of thing just yeah. spread out over the yeah. top of the workbench and, and uh, we would hang out and just play and I'd play and I'd make some comments and they'd adjust and fix and say okay let's take a break I'm gonna have to change this to that and that to this okay uh, give me 20 minutes okay that kind of thing I, I just loved it I loved it I, I just like uh, we both said earlier man I'm, I'm a nerd man I'm a nerd and uh, I'm from the hood, but I'm a nerd. I'm a hoodie nerd, baby. <laughs> Did I say that awesome. out loud? Damn. Oh. oh, okay. Scratch that statement. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's move over now. I want to ask you about being an MD as a guitar player. What advice do you have for like, you know, take us back to like being the MD for the Spice Girls when you've got five different performers, I think it was five, yep. and uh, they're uh, all young and dealing with tons of fame and you're managing the band. I mean, what, what's that like for a guitar player who, who's going to get their first MD job? What are some, what's some advice you can give? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, you know I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I know you're probably mostly kidding. Uh, but there's probably a little bit of like, what's the what's the good and bad uh, in that? No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. You you you're getting to know me for sure. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. You know, back in those days, usually it was the keyboard players. They got those type of gigs because they, you know, they play keyboards and they get all the sounds and they can dress up everything and all the sounds and blah, 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 yeah. you know. So that was interesting and I, I was blessed to and I'm thankful that Ricky Minor, who was the MD of that, uh, of the girls, and he at that time was, he's MD for everybody. He was yep. the MD for Whitney Houston. And that's what happened. Whitney called him and said, "Hey, we got we got a tour. You you ready to go?" He said, "Okay, ready to go." So he had to hand it over to somebody, the the, the Spice Girls mm-hmm. thing. He chose to hand it over to me, 
And I say that he handed it over to me because, and we spoke about this, because I, I um, job bless, thank you. I, um, I just have this thing in me, uh, job bless, I say again, man, that I hear, and I love hearing, every note, every beat, every silent space, every sound and tone, every vocal, every harmony, everything, the, the peaks and valleys of the song arrangement. I just have this thing in me, man, that obviously came out, and he felt very comfortable in pointing his finger at me and saying, Tag, you're it, dude. <laughs> you know, and we're hey. boys too. I love that dude pieces. That's my boy. So, uh, yeah. So he, yeah, he recognized that you're one of those people. Yeah, and we've been working yeah. together before on different gigs here and there. Yeah. And I've always been like that. I've always been like that. I want to know everything about everything, about everything. I give you a quick example. When I was doing those sessions. Um, at Narda's, uh, with Narda, Chopin Studios, Dave Frazier, lead engineer, uh, Dana Chappelle, second engineer, both of them are greats and have, you know, uh, great accolades and, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you know these mm -hmm. names. So I would, just a thirst, a hunger for it, I would do those sessions, I'd play whatever, it might one, two, three songs, whatever. At the end of the day, I finished my sessions, I packed my guitars and amps and blah, blah, whoop-de-doos up. There's that whoop-de-doo thing again. <laughs> I, I packed them up, and I put them over the, in the corner. And I asked those guys, those, those, those brilliant engineers, man, is it okay if I just hang out and just sit in the back and be quiet and be a fly on the wall and, and just learn about this? Because it's just... It's, it's nice. Just, inspiring and it's just I, I just love it man i'm just thirsting for this man okay it's cool 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 and i'd be with those guys man uh, those guys are, are unsung heroes uh, like a big dog because they will be there till four in the morning and get getting yeah. things correct the mundo and i right. would be there with them man and so that that's a long uh, answer of uh, that that's just what it takes but you know just to just to learn and the hunger and thirst for that learning I, the whole spectrum of it not just playing guitar but the sounds and you know how's it going to sound at the end of the mix and blah, 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 yada 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 all that kind of stuff man and, and so if you don't naturally have it in you just just stay open to imagination and creativity we you know, th this is a kid's game in some ways, man. We, we, you know, we want to play music when we're kids. So when it, it, you're playing a kid's game, it's all about fun, love, imagination, creativity. So whatever it is, man, your power in you, be aware of that and never, never, never lose that, uh, uh, that spirit of of, of love and imagination and creativity and stuff. I love that. Very cool. Thanks. Let's look at one of the songs that you wrote where you, I assume, were MD again, the Situation Jam. Uh -huh. I love that jam. Like you were talking about with Hendrix, like the hard rock meets the R&B. Yeah. Um, 
to me, I hear that same thing. It's like in that song, I hear like the hard rock, but I hear like the gospel and the hard rock meeting together, which has always been one of my favorite combinations. Big breaks for the drums and stuff. Yeah. And there's wor- there's room for a big drum fill, you know? Like it, it's not busy because it's oh, yeah. so much. That's music. I, I, my guitar was tuned to D, a whole step low. Uh, this guitar is not. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the jam there. And that's my guy, uh, Thomas Pridgen, on yeah. drums. He was, I think, 16 at, at that time. Oh, really? I beaten system, used to beat my only go. So I'm improvising and fantasizing, that's the way it goes. My situation. I've been playing with him since he was 11 years old. Ricky Lawson introduced me to him at a NAMM show back in the day. And uh, he's he's family now, and that's my fan ever, ever since. That song on the brink, uh, he uh, overdubbed drums on that. Um, so what you heard is not him. I still have to make to put him in there. Yeah, that song is killer too. What inspired that one? I was. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm a scatterbrained dude. I, I guess that's why I've done so well as being a uh, studio musician. You know, pop stuff, country stuff, go to Nashville, whoopie do, jazz stuff, yeah. you know, and rock. I'm a rock dude. The Jimmy, we, we reference Jimmy, I'm, I'm, I'm a rocker dude. I'm working on a record that is like, um, like a fusion-ish kind of thing. I'm a big, uh, I don't know, some, something wants me to say Jeff Beck. I'm a big Jeff Beck fan. At the same time, I'm a, a big John McLaughlin fan. One of most of all, I'm a uh, Herbie Hancock fan. <laughs> and he's not a guitarist, but man, I had a good conversation with him when I was uh, playing with him and during a break. I said, man, you you're one of, if not my favorite guitarist. He said, what? I said, yeah, man, you're one of my, if not, most favorite guitarists. He said, man, that's funny, though.
And then he said, he did this, he said, come over here. Yes, he said, come over here. And, and he walked over to the acoustic piano, he sat down and he started doing that, that octave thing, he'd play in line and then he'd yeah. do that. Yeah. And he said, that is his idea of, his interpretation of the sustain that the guitar players can get out of Right. He said that that uh, a lot of that inspiration came from there. So a guitar player, piano, piano, guitar. Yeah, just it, it made sense anyway. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> cool. Synergy going both directions. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, I saw him at the Greek Theater one time, and and he was amazing. And he did jazz, and then he did funk. Like yes. He did Herb Hankin, but then my favorite part was when the whole band left the stage and he just had the grand piano and he just took us on an odyssey for like eight minutes. Oh, yeah, dude. Unbelievable. Dude, I, I, I haven't told him this. I was going to... So, check it out. This reminds me of this. I, I'll never forget it. One of my all-time greatest experiences and stories ever. So, we were... I think we were in Dublin and we played in the show and blah, 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 yada, yada. It was all cool and everything and we we're backstage and okay. And Dublin, I, Ireland, right? Not Dublin... No, no, no. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, right. Cool. Ireland. Yes, sir. Yes, brother, brother. And okay, it's time to go out and do an encore, man. We're going to do like a couple songs encore. We all start walking towards the stage. Herbie says, hey, I feel like just playing by myself for a minute. See, I'll just wait. I'll let you know when it's, you know. And he, like you just said, he went and, man, tears right now. And then, yeah. dude, he hmm. sat at that acoustic piano, man. And it's like, wow. It was, oh, it's just immaculate. It's just freaking beautiful. It was, whoa. <sighs> I mean, I'm crying right now, dude. <laughs> and then... He was done. Ha! He was done. And then look over, and we all standing around. He said, okay, I'll come on out. <laughs> and you're going to get to know me right now even more than you do already. I said, hey, I'm not coming out after that, man. There ain't no way I'm coming out after that. I said that shit out loud. Dude. He laughed. Everybody laughed. <laughs> but of course, yeah. I came out. We all came out. Uh, and we played, you know, and it was beautiful. Yeah, oh, I love the guy and the and the blessing, the talent. You are like a Steve Lukather. I just hope that I can get through even a fraction of these great stories. I'm I was thrilled to meet Herbie at Nam once and shake his hand for a second because he's a true hero. hero. I saw you pl saw you playing bass with him in one video on Cantaloupe Island. Yeah, Sounded good. I played uh, bass and guitar on on the whole gig about fifty fifty kind of. I went back uh -huh. and forth. I had a bass rig and a guitar rig. Oh, really? On same time? Like, yeah. On the same show, you go back? No, on the same show. Some songs I play guitar. Sometimes, some songs I would play bass. And um, yeah. uh, speaking of the ADA preamp and power amp that I uh, co-designed, I think we were in France somewhere. And we did a show. And everything, okay, it was great. Okay, we... You know, we hang out, and you know, okay, we get on the bus, and we drive to the next city, wherever it was, I can't remember. And we show up to the next city, man, 
My guitar rig was not there. Somebody stole my shit, too. Oh, man. Somebody stole my shit. And, That's the worst. And, 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 you know, they did research. Everybody was scrambling to see, find, whatever. And it's a strange story. For some reason, before the show, my stuff showed up. But not all of it. Uh -oh. <laughs> they kept the preamp. Oh no! They they kept the preamp. They they gave back the power amp and the uh, uh, the effects. I had you know back in the day when you had like a four or six space rack bunch of like yeah single right the back in the day yeah you know, mid nineties yeah, that, that preamp was a one space rack. So did they take it out of the rack and they left everything else? Yes. Oh man. Yes, they did. That is. They just say, okay, you can have yeah. this other shit back, but we want this. So I, in some in some ways. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all like my shit. Huh? All right, cool. Y'all like my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that is a positive way of looking at I it. I guess, yeah. So, yeah. And, and I, the, right. thanks to ADA, they, they, they sent me another within, within two shows. Oh, yeah. But dude, you know, dude, my dude, Jude, <laughs> you yeah. know, man, when 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 uh, the dust clears and 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 um, so does the paths, man, we are gonna get together. I'm ready for that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the neighborhood, you know, we're folks. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah I we're definitely more. gonna make that happen. I would love nothing more. Yeah. I was thinking it would be fun to. Trade funk inspirations. Are there like okay? Like ready to go. All right, I'm gonna play you a super funky lick that I did not write. Okay. Three, four. Remember that one? Yeah. in love again. Oh, yeah. Every time I lose, I use back in love. Every time I turn around, back in love again. So to me, that's one of the funkiest licks of all time. What, what are some of the funkiest licks of all time that you could think of? That you oh, like play or dude, that you learned I, when you were younger? I haven't practiced, so it'll be fun. This will be a fun journey <laughs> for me to uh, uh, scrape the... Uh, uh, the the cobwebs and rust off real quick. Uh, the first one of uh, funky stuff. Cool in the gang. Way back in the day. Funky stuff. Da -da -da. Yeah, I mean. Oh, that's it. Okay. Uh, there it is. Yeah. yeah that was the journey. The journey. Okay, now, uh, bass line. Right? Yeah. Here you go, the guitar and... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff's like the feel-good music for me. Do you remember seeing... Feel-good music, yes. You see an Oakland A's game, and then if they won, you'd hear... There's a party going on right here. I just, to me, all that stuff is so dear to my heart. Like, here's an underrated funk lick from Nile Rodgers. We all know that he did Chic and all that stuff. But oh, man. What, He's the what man. About, yeah, I, when I was a kid, Love I'd hear dude. all these songs. Yeah, I, I got to interview him once. That was fun. Brilliant. I, I'd hear all these songs and find out that it was him, like uh, like uh, uh, Diana Ross. Yeah. I love that shit. I mean, the funk is where I really got started. That's interesting. That's very cool. Oh, yeah. Funketeer. Well, I remember when I walked into pay, I was listening to music on my AM radio, which was tiny, really small. And then I walked into the drugstore because we didn't have a stereo system or anything good in my house. We had like crappy little black and white TV and like Mm -hmm. garbage little... and I walked into a stereo store and I heard, you can ring my bell. But it was on a fat system with woofers. It was like kind of like life-changing. I was like, oh, that's how it's what? supposed to sound. Yeah, yeah, I, I understood. Know, you, you got me thinking about funk music now, Well, you man. used to play with the, all the sly tunes with the family Stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, there's, there's lots of funk there. Well, so the first one that comes to mind, uh, not to be cliche, but it's not cliche because it's so funky and 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 classic and historic. But uh, um, uh, thank you, and but yep. both of them. There's two versions, right? Right. There's that one, right? Yeah. So, but then there are other all these other parts uh, that and Sly was playing most of the guitar parts. Uh, I believe so. There was there was uh so three four. Right. And oh then, yeah. And then there was. together you know they go <laughs> you know i wish I people see, could see woo! your face man that's the you are in man. the pocket oh man you have the funk face on now um Dick, what about the breakdown on that tune? That I played that tune live a million times, and, and the breakdown is just getting the right feel. Down, down, out. Yeah, it's kind of those two parts together, and then there's the other. Yeah, maybe that's. What and then playing. they add the yeah. There's those two yeah. together, uh. and then uh, uh, three, four. Uh, Right, so you know, simple. there's that underneath, but together that all shit. that stuff, and then he's up here too, just jamming too. You know, there's all that stuff up here. 
that's yeah. happening uh, in its own like time and timing. Well, you hear that low E breakdown there, and it reminds me of a, like a more modern version might be Janet Jackson, like Black Cat, whoever yeah. wrote that song. It's got that break, like the verse is just. Yeah, yeah. It's like, to me, it's the same DNA, just it, absolutely, yeah, 30 absolutely. years between them or something. Absolutely, yes. Now, I know that you played also with one of the greatest singers in the funk realm, Shaka. Shaka Khan, let me and, rock it, let me rock it, Shaka Khan. <laughs> Dude, I mean, That's that my dog. band, yeah, the band alone and all those grooves. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I had a ball playing on Can I tell you a real quick story? Uh, yeah, hell yeah. A quick story, Chaka Khan story. I don't know if I told you this. So I was on, on the road with Maze. Mm -hmm. um, it was my first tour with Maze. So that was 1989. We were in Germany somewhere. And it was our first show of that tour, that like month, 30 day tour. And Chaka Khan was, uh, it, it was Mother's Finest, Chaka Khan, and then it was Maze. Right, so Chaka Khan did her show right before us, and they finished our, their show. We we can we set up and do blah, blah 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 blah, and it's time for us to start. And we start our show, and you know I'm singing background vocals and playing guitar, and I'm off to the like stage right, and and we're jamming, and off to the right, man, out of the corner of my eye, I see a familiar person and I look over and it's Chaka and she's over there just smiling and nodding her head and and you know that yeah you know that that, that hump that we've talked about and she's just smiling and I pointed at her I said Chaka because she was singing along with the choruses yeah yeah so I pointed her at her and then I waved to her come come sing with me and then I pointed at my mic and she smiled man this big beautiful just smile and shook her head and said no <laughs> And I said, oh, no, 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 you need to bring that ass, dude. Bring your ass over here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Bring your ass over here. And she started laughing, and he, she, she. finally I got her to do it. So the third time, I said, come on over. She actually came on over, and she stepped up. And, you know, uh, she's a little bit, so I had to uh, take a second and lower the mic stand. And we yep. sang together. I sang together background vocals. On Frankie Beverly songs <laughs> with Chaka Khan, man. That's that killer. is a mind blower. You know. And that that was that was my first time meeting her. And then we, we got to play with each other. Or I got to play with her really later. That's great. Can you show us some stuff that influenced you as a lead guitar player when you were younger and that informed your playing? Oh, buddy. Like I saw one video of you on it's on that one live song that we're you're playing like a 335 and you're doing four node groupings. You're like. I wish I could remember that solo. I mean, wow. which, it's, oh, on your uh, web, it's on your webpage. On that, uh, was but, it on the song uh, um, Come and Get It? Yep. Uh, on that guy, huh? 
Yeah. I tell you, man, uh, uh, my favorite guitarists are my favorite guitarists are like Herbie Hancock and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh, Sean Coltrane and uh, Charlie Parker and and, and uh, you know folks that yeah. that that don't uh, play guitar for an instrument. However, my favorite guitarist, guitarist, yeah, McLaughlin, uh, Brother John is definitely there. Wes Montgomery, yes, yeah. uh, Jimi Hendrix, of, of course, man, for yeah. what we spoke about earlier with him. Can you possibly um, show anything or show us an, on the guitar in any, any way that, like, say, a non-guitar player influenced you, like Coltrane or Herbie? Well, I think it was more... Um, for me, it was more harmonic and melodic, right? So, let's mm. let's speak the guitar player key. Guitar player's key E. <laughs> yes. E minor. So let's just call it E minor, and already I'm playing a fourth. So I'm yeah. stacking fours, right? So it's not just a straight. Yeah. E minor, right? And. Uh, uh, Corey Tyner, just uh, the other one, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Peterson, I could go on and on and on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Keith Jarrett, I was just listening to Keith Jarrett. Oh, just how he immerses every, all these guys are just totally immersed into the music, the art, and as it's happening, it's just, uh, just, just spiritually deep, deep, deep. So. So how they would. like pentatonic basically yeah. right except that move that move that's the sixth instead of yeah. instead of right yeah so now that being a, a, a whole tone movement uh, mm -hmm. these guys man would stretch the m melodic concept And, and, and run whole tone in and out, back and forth, with that uh, uh, pentatonic. Yeah, it's like it's E minor, but it's so much more than E minor. And then, of course, you don't have a band playing with you right now, but there's the whole other factor of I can feel what you're doing, like playing with just soaring over the groove and yeah, over time. the bar lines and the time Timing factor. Is, yes, time. Yes, yes. Very good. Very good, brother. Very good. Yes, yes. Exactly. Man, time and timing is king. So, and then the space between the notes that you're all that. Oh, yeah. The space between the notes and the silence between the notes. Wow. Those are beautiful notes. We love them. <laughs> we wouldn't yeah. be the same without them. <laughs> 
Right. What about the blues side of your playing? Or I mean, we all have a blues oh, side. Is yeah, there anything, yeah, yeah. anything well, that sticks? Well, you know, Mozart and those guys, they're blues players. They just did it a little different. <laughs> but the blues has been around forever. Yeah, I buddy. Lo I love Mozart. I love the but... blues. Okay. different stuff in that blues right there yeah 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 thank you thank you man yeah all all all, all blues all blues Oh, 
love it, Vern. You got such a good time feels floating like miles. Oh, well, no, well, I don't know about that, but thank you for the compliment before you said like miles. Yeah, well, you know. That scares me, though. <laughs> Did you ever meet Miles? I never, ever, uh, ever. Yeah. Not not in the not in the flesh, in the spirit, yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, at first I really got into him, of course, when I was like a maybe sixteen and that was the Marcus Miller era. Oh you know. really? Yeah. Yeah, bro. And then how about this part? Wait, where is it? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, that, I, got, I got big into Marcus. I even. And then uh, Kevin Eubanks had a solo album with Marcus on it, and they had this yeah, cool yeah, lick yeah. that I, I stole. They were, they were playing it in unison. It went like this. One, two, three, four. Anyway, I love all that stuff. <laughs> oh man, I wish we could jam. Something, You're killing something like me. that. Something like that. Uh, that's nice. That's tight. That's yeah. so Marcus. Marcus is the man. Yeah, He's yeah. And I, I, when I, I record, sometimes I record slappy kind of stuff, slap guitar stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I heard that Marcus used to mic his bass, like he'd go direct through headphones, but put the raw sound of the mic like this. On the, yeah. on the guitar. Wow, that's tight. And mixing together. All that so, top, that so mid, I, high mid and stuff out of there. And I think Prince might have done some of that too. That's sweet. But I used to, I did that, so, but I have a rock guitar tone going through the speakers, but I also yeah. mixing a little bit of that mic sound. That's super bad. Which I like because I've spent my whole life kind of doing that, where you play a little, you can hear it. Yeah. Well, a little, but then, you know, a couple of people wrote, hey, man, I can hear your guitar, man. <laughs> yeah. so, right. Everyone's got their own <laughs> formula. <laughs> so tell me, what inspired you to start playing guitar? You grew up in Kansas City, or, you know, just a quick background, okay. if you would. I'll try to be quick as I can. Kansas City, you're going to edit. Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri. Not Kansas City, Kansas. Right. I love Kansas City, Kansas, but I love Kansas City, Missouri more. That's that's Charlie Parker. You know, yeah. that's, uh, you know, Count Basie and... and uh, uh, Miles Davis and those guys, man, from between KC and, and, yeah. and St. Louis. And Charlie Big Christian. Joe Turner. Charlie Christian, thank you very much. Yes, yes, brother, yes. Uh, I'm just proud of that place. Uh, Satchel Paige, um, uh, the, 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 the brilliant uh, uh, pitcher, uh, Hall of Famer, lived the next block over from me and i used to hang out with uh, his son uh, uh robert and uh i used to 
I, I actually got to catch some pictures from the Satchel Page back in the day. I'm very proud of my KC days, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I feel you, man. That's, yeah. that's your history. Shit, that's the real deal, man. So, KC, yes. Uh, Charlie Parker and I went to the same um, junior high school and high school, but at different times. Yeah. I'm not as old as him. I'm not as old as him. <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> yeah, well, you came of age in the 70s, I guess, or well, I learned to play music. Yeah, I... um. You know uh, what made you? What made you start? Who made you start playing guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just that—that that was a great uh, statement and question. You know, back in the day, in those '60s, mid late '60s, you know, it was about like 10, 11 years old, around '68 ish, and I used to love James. I, not used to. Whew, scratch that. <laughs> I still love. Dude, you need to hear this new song I'm working on. It's so James Brown. <laughs> um. Yeah. But James Brown, Country McAllister, and and I and, and all the boys, man, in, in the band. Uh, just a big James Brown fan. You yeah. know, I played drums first, actually. And I'm blessed to uh -huh. know Pee Wee Ellis, who wrote the song, co-wrote the song, Cold Sweat. Now, back in the day, I loved Cold Sweat so much, and then it had the little drum solo in it, that um, I, I would take... I'd take the white pages of the phone book and use it for a snare drum. I'd take the yellow mm -hmm. pages of the book and, and use it for a, the mounted tom. And then I'd mm -hmm. use the Sears catalog, uh, <laughs> which was even bigger, and I'd use it for a floor tom. And, and I nice. used to play, play drums to James Brown, and I used to tear those, those books up and... Paper was flying everywhere, man. <laughs> but through great. it all, you know, I, drums were my first instrument, and then I played bass next. Uh, but through it all, man, the guitar, mm. those two, three guitars in James's band, and also Wes Montgomery at right around that same time. Those guys, man, they just they just captured my heart. I, I got into Jimmy later and and, yep. and uh, uh, Johnny Winter, you know, just rock. Oh, yeah. It all started happening at the same time. The jazz dudes and the rock dudes and the funk dudes and the R&B dudes. It just kind of happened at the same time. You know, all the uh, uh, Motown, uh, those folks, man. So mm. I'm still the same guy. Like we mentioned earlier, I'm 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 blessed to embrace oh. all the different styles. Mozart is yeah. my dude. He's he's my favorite uh, of the classical guys, because to me he's he's kind of like uh, he's got a lot of uh, chicory and and herbie in him. With you know they used to complain about him because oh, all these scales up and down up and down down and up, up and yeah you know however he's making beautiful music and melody and the chord structures were moving and there was some new shit and they learned to love it eventually just like the west rest of the world is right now you know but anyway there you go <laughs> very nice thank you for that so then you busted out to california and uh, at some point ended up in santa cruz and then Mm -hmm. Now you're in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Where I grew up. I relate to you on those, man, I set up these boxes and when I was a kid. We lived in a 
tiny two-bedroom apartment, and the neighbor upstairs complained. She said, he's playing guitar in the living room, and then I try to escape that. I get up to the other room, and he's underneath my bedroom playing the drums <laughs> on the boxes. There you go. Yeah. That's how we phone do. Phone books, man. That, phone books would have lasted longer. I should have. <laughs> phone books. Yeah, that's funny. Man. So let's talk about some of your superstar moments, and if, you, if we could, like uh, Whitney Houston. I, I played on a couple of uh, records, and um, we became friends, and we're friends to this day. You and Whitney up and you know up till the end. Oh man, it's no end. Right, we're still going, man. We're still going. I speak to her. I love that. Off and on, all the time. Yeah, we are. We have been. Yes. That's so great that you are friends with such a superstar. What is it like dealing with? superstars i mean i don't know if dealing with is the right word but they're on they're on a different social level where the world kind of revolves around them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, sometimes someone, yes huh? <laughs> well it, being it, that md you have to like deal with these personalities as it, well it depends on the superstar and to me it depends on the superstar yeah. and who they really are inside you know their heart and soul that's what it is all about though isn't it who we truly are it's not our egos it's who we truly are man most high planted us here to be who we truly are at the very beginning and yeah. you know once once the world and the worldliness gets uh, um, gets to us, then, you know, ego starts to, and, and the dark side, you know, starts, I'm a big uh, uh, Star Wars fan, I just love how they do the, the dark side and the Jedi, but anyway, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's that kind of thing, so, um, man, all these, you say, these these great super duper artists, the, you know, Celine Dion, I got a great story about her, Whitney, my girl, um, uh, Mar Mariah, I met her when she was 18 years doggone old, and she was cool as heck, and, and uh, you know, she still is, you know, she's, she's Mariah now, but that's yeah. different, you know, but still, she's Mariah, you know, she still sang her ass off, and that's how she became Mariah, because... <laughs> that badass little motherfucking young girl could sing her ass off uh, with passion and everything. She was connected. And, and, and anyway, right. um, that's the vibe, man. Uh, um, I don't know. I, for yeah. some reason, I want to go back to Whitney. Dude, just watching that video, it's just like, you know, that's, that is a superstar right there. The voice, the yeah. soul, the beautiful face. Just She had everything it was like you know and she was comfortable and she we did that video in somewhere outside of harrisburg pennsylvania because she was on tour and she had a break mm -hmm. but the record company wanted her to do this video and she said well if i have this amount of time i want to be close to home because i want to break a real break and i want to be at home i want to be with mom and, and that kind of thing. Wow. So that's why we did it there. Now, when when I first met her, it was on the first day of the the shoot, and she was just a sweetheart, a sweetheart. And you know, I was 
you know, uh, just a humble guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was great. There's a thank you, thank you. I was just a great, great, great. Yeah. And then later on in that day, we met up again, and then we started talking like, yeah, so what's up, player? That kind of thing. <laughs> I said, oh, well, you know. Hey, hey, how, how's the tour been? Oh, you got, yeah, 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 okay. You going home? Yeah, shoot, I'm, I'm going home, shoot, you know. Where do you want to be? I said, I want to be right here right now, but after this, I'm going home. <laughs> and that kind of thing. And so then all of a sudden, we went to another level like, oh, shoot, we boys and girls then, huh? And then for the next, like, three days, we were just hanging. And I don't know if you can use this next story now i'm gonna but i'm gonna <laughs> i gotta share it with you yeah too so me and tm tm seems who we were playing bass and we were like and, and we yeah. we're doing we did a shot at a video and they said okay break okay just a couple minutes we're gonna run that section one more time so okay cool and we standing up and then me and tm we like hey man i didn't know whitney had ass like that dude <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, me too, dude. And then, and so we standing right next to each other. Oh, it's too late for me to take this back. I can set it now. Uh, uh -huh. And then we both looking at Daz, and she's standing next to the mic. And then I guess all of a sudden she felt us. And she turned around, and she looked at us and went, and then she's, you know, with a straight face. <laughs> and then she smiled, and then she pointed, waved her finger like uh, uh, the Kimbe Mutombo. Uh, and then she turned back around. And then for some reason, because we were folks, I guess, about 10 seconds later, she turned around back at me, and she looked at me and gave me the straight finger like. And then she said, I see you. That's <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, player. I'm sorry, man. I can't help it. <laughs> but yeah. we we have been folks ever since, man. We've been. Hmm. I mean, we would hook up on on tour. I'd be out with Mariah or anybody else, and um, I'd I'd find out we're in the same same city. I'd reach out to whoever I could who was in the band and say, "Hey, I'm in town. Tell 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 Whitney I said what's up," and she say, "Hey, tell him come over to the hotel, man. I'll meet you downstairs, whatever." But we're going to go shopping. We're going to go to the mall. You know, she's just yeah. folks, man. I love her, too. That's the kind of girl she is. Wow. I got I got a few more, but I, I, I'll hold it off. Yeah. So now can I hit you with a few more of these stories? I'm just really curious. Like you mentioned you ran into Keith Richards or you work. I don't know. What was your Keith Richards association? Uh, I love to do it. It was short. So, uh, you know, I, I worked with um, Booker T. Jones for shit about 12 years i was his md and um yeah like he needs an md but um right <laughs> we did um crossroads festival eric clapton right and we were doing a rehearsal and eric and keith come in and then you know at the end of whatever song we were working on we we stopped we took a break and hi everybody uh, got an eric story too whatever but um, I got stories, period. Whatever, man. We don't have enough time. It's crazy. And then Keith was um, Keith was there uh, just checking out a guitar that someone else was playing. One of the, I think he was talking to Kev Moe. And um, I walked over and, you know, at, at a break, I didn't want to interrupt. I'm a polite guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah. I say, Keith. And he turns around, he looks, and I say, dude, it's about time you know me, man. I'm your biggest damn fan. <laughs> and he just laughed. He said, oh, okay. Okay, well, nice. he said, thank you. Um, I'm a fan of yours, too. I know who you are. I said, wow. no, you don't. I, I said, mate, you need to quit lying, man. You don't have to. You don't have to. He said, oh, no, I know you, not only with Booker, but I know you with, you know, all this. I, I've seen you, 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 you. And he, he mentioned uh, Mariah. He mentioned Frankie Beverly and Mays, if you can believe that. Uh. Man, that he is a Mays fan, dude. He's, but all those guys, they are R&B fans, so I guess that would make, make sense. You know, he helped me with Mays and... He said, I, 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 I know you played with Herbie Hancock and I said, man, really? He said, wow. So, and then I went back to, man, but I'm your biggest fan. Right. And um, that's really it. We just like shook hands and we talked about some uh, mutual um, uh, friends. Dave Rule has been his guitar tech since forever. And Dave Rule, he, he's, he's a guitar tech royalty. Uh, Hall of Famer dude. He was my guitar tech with, with uh, Mariah in the earlier years, and so we had some yeah. some some conversations and jokes and laughs about him and hanging with him and stuff. And then um, um, the last thing was, man, here I told him, and I had my guitar on. I can't really show you right now, but you know, I wear my my strap is pretty short. I like it short and tight, you know. Yeah. Like as in when you're yeah. sitting on a chair and you, the guitar is sitting in your lap. That's how I measure my strap. So when I stand up, that's that's the height of my guitar. Cool. Now Keith Richards, his shit is way down low by down his by his knees up. So yeah. I I told him, man, here's Here's my impersonation of you, man, and, 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 and I love it. And I had my guitar on, and it was all up high, and I was... Uh And then I took the strap, and I took it off my shoulder, and now it's hanging on my across my elbow and now the guitar is down by my knee and then i start doing my my <laughs> keith impersonation and he just started cracking up like crazy he said, yeah i guess oh yeah that's me that's me that's me <laughs> and we just high-fived and we laughed and you know it, it was a great that's experience awesome. that whole whatever few days or, or so you know, have, having beers after the rehearsals and, and just laughs. That's nuts. You know. Yeah! I just, I just love your groups <laughs> so much. Yeah. 
choker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, soul. Yeah, that's, that's a soul brother, dude. Those guys are soul brothers, man. Uh, 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 Mick Jagger, he was the first one to say, Jimi Hendrix belongs to us because you Americans didn't give him uh, any, any juice at all. Well, he came to he came to London and, and we embraced him. He's he's ours. He belongs to us. Yeah. Those those dudes are soul brothers, man. Otis Redding and and all the uh, all that Memphis stuff. Uh, uh, Booker, uh, um, all those folks, man. All, all, all our stuff, man. They love that stuff. I I, I love those guys for that. You know, uh, Zeppelin, all of them, too. Yeah, I love that shit. I love and honor those dudes. Level. Yeah, they did it the way yeah. they, they did it. They did it the way they yeah. do it. And it was a great thing, man. And they always gave homage. They said, we, we got this from those brothers yeah. from, from, the, from, the, from the southern uh, part of, uh, of America. Yeah, Led Zeppelin gave homage, and they gave credit like a good solid 54% of the time. Yeah, yeah 54, <laughs> yeah. Because no. they they uh, uh, um, uh, they did take some of those songs and list that they were the writers of those songs, yeah, which that's, they that's were not. Which <laughs> they were not. Yeah, uh, but, you know... Um, that's a whole other thingy, but... But if you listen to, like, Memphis Mini, When the Levee Breaks, and then you hear what they did to it, with, you know, their reinvention of it, it's, it is really incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Page's vision, whatever. That's night and day. If no one's ever heard Memphis Mini, Levee Breaks, which I think is where they first got it, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. Yeah. The transformation. Yeah. Right, right. And, of course, I got to ask you, we got to go back to one of the greatest musicians, the Jimi Hendrix of the bass... Jocko, I know you played on the Brian, Brian Melvin Night Food record, which I got when that came out, or maybe a couple years after, I mean, it was mm-hmm. in the early 90s or something. Yeah, yeah. And Jocko was on some, is that how you got to know Jocko, or you just knew him, or, yeah, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, okay. <laughs> so, uh, this goes back to how I ended up in, in, in the Bay from Santa Cruz. I was playing in a band uh, down in Santa Cruz, playing around wherever. There's this bass player named Paul Jackson who, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrote Chameleon. He was, uh, uh, he played with Herbie, Herbie Hancock. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's the dude, man. He showed up at the club and, and he, was, you know, wanted wanted to meet me and that kind of thing because he wanted to put a band together and uh, a new band. And uh, he was getting away from the bay just to, you know reinvent himself that kind of thing we became super great friends and we put a damn band together next thing i know man he got james levi who came down from oakland and and we working down here in 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 uh in santa cruz and we put this damn band together man and we're playing and stuff and um so it looks good and because of all the um Herbie Hancock connections, where they were recording all that stuff, uh, brilliant uh, historic stuff, was at the Automat in San Francisco, David Rubinson's uh, studio. Uh, so he said he hooked up something where David Rubinson's going to help us, we're going to produce us, and 
get this stuff out. And, but you're going to have to move to the Bay. I said, man, I don't, I don't have that. I was telling man, I don't have that kind of money, man. So how are we going to work it out? He said, well, okay, the house that I grew up in on, on 23rd Avenue in, Oak, in East Oakland, uh, the people who are living there now are about to move out. He's going to set it up so that I, I had two daughters, young daughters, that they were like, you know, two and three-ish right then, and a wife. Yeah. We moved into that house. He set it up. We moved, all of us, him included. We moved in there. We were, we, we were uh, roommates and, and that kind of thing. And uh, we put that band together, man. And uh, we played and played and we worked on stuff. And uh, uh, right around that same time was when uh, Jocko came to town. And Paul and Jocko were already good friends. And so through that connection, I ended up hanging out with Paul Jackson and Jocko Pastorius, man. The two of my base heroes, you know. And then... After a while, and then Pee Wee Ellis, I mentioned earlier, he, he played with us in our band, uh, Levi, and we ended up all playing together. That band had two bass players at, at, at one short time. It had Paul Jackson and Jocko, and Pee Wee Ellis, and James Levi on drums, and uh, yours truly on guitar. And we just hung and we, you know, it, it was just a beautiful experience. And I got to throw this in there. I got to throw my wife in here real quick. Because sometimes, you, you know, when uh, uh, Jocko, he, he had this, uh, his solo uh, songs. He, he would play America Beautiful and he would play uh, Donna Lee and stuff just all by himself. And sometimes yeah. during the break, before the rest of the band came out, he would come out by himself and do that. And when he would do that, he went into his Native American Indian thing. And so he would take his shoes off. Okay. And then he would want to put on some uh, paint, some face paint, some war paint. Right. And, you know, my wife was always with me hanging out and stuff all the time. And he looked at her. They were already friends and stuff. He said, hey, you have some any, do you have some lipstick with you? And she said, yeah. Why do you ask? And he said... I need to I need to draw some war paint on my face before I go out. And he used to do that. He would always go to her and say, hey, "You got that lipstick?" <laughs> and, <laughs> and he would he would draw his little and then he'd go out and then he'd just oh, be brilliant. Going to just a trance, yeah, man. just brilliant. What a brilliant, blessed, you sad, sad. That's brilliant. intense. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. He would just sad. he had cool looping stuff. He did some early kind of create a little delay loop and then jammed to himself. That was cool. Thank you. 
Any uh, funny moments on stage with any of these superstars where things went wrong in a <laughs> any unexpected comedy stuff that happened on a yeah. big stage in an arena or something or yeah. <laughs> with your... There's a few. I don't know if I could, should put some of these folks out, put their name out, call them out. I don't know if that would be you. cool. But yes, there are many. You know that there was always a um, tradition where that the last show of the leg of the tour, you know, is you do something funny. Something yeah. like out of the ordinary, fun, funny. And there were a few. There were yeah. a few. I don't know if like I, I was out with Maze <laughs> in that last last uh, tour, and then we we're about to do the last big whoop-de-doo song of the entire set, and then we all decided to play a whole play brick house or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And Frankie turns around and goes, oh. Really, you know, uh, the crowd, they laugh, everybody gets it, it's that kind of stuff. Or Gigi, yeah. Gigi Gunaway, my, my, my brother, my distant brother, brother, right when he's first, uh, right before we're on uh, the stage with Mariah Carey and he's got to play the first f drum fill, and he's going, and right there, somebody was uh, ready to put a cream pie in his face, right there. Oh, man. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Stuff like that, man. You know, yeah, no, that's not. That's not. You just made me remember, uh, since this is a Anything Goes podcast, I was seeing uh, my friend Kevin Cadigan in Third Eye Blind. Third Eye on Blind. The last, Love that man. Yeah, well, the last show, one of their tours, you know, they had this moment where the... <laughs> And they let us be on stage. Like, they had this little area. So I'm right on stage watching this. They had this moment where at the, one of the big songs, instead of a normal vocal mic, they lower a mic, like, in a boxing match. Like, are you All ready right. to rumble? Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> so the, the mic is lowering down to Stephen Jenkins. And this is R-rated, folks. But right. And right in the lights on him and everything, he's in the center of the stage, and it comes down, and it's just a big old giant dildo <laughs> on a mic scene. Oh, okay. You win. <laughs> uh, you, I'll never forget. He, he turns around. That. He kind of, he, he know he looks at, he looks around <laughs> at somebody, just kind of gives him a smirk. And then immediately the correct microphone comes down. Uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> that kind of shit. That's great. Yeah, that's fun. I know there's so many stories and so sorry for uh, keeping you on here so long, but. Shit, thanks for talking about all of this um, and everything else in, in your whole life. I mean, what an incredible picture to be taken into your, as much as we can in 90 minutes. And I appreciate you going long. Yeah, so um, gotta, I'll let you go. I got to get back to my household duties, man. My, yeah. Shit, my, my wife's going to be home soon. She's going to look around and go, damn, what you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, talking with the guitar nerds. Just kidding. Yeah, we're doing what we yeah, yeah. do, baby. Yes. Cool. Well, yeah, well, shit, we've been married 43 years. She she met this guitar nerd when he was becoming a guitar nerd. So she understands him. You know, it's a, 
-hmm. it's kind of jokes and inside jokes and that kind of thing. She's, yeah, it's all good. But <laughs> and quite the singer and songwriter in her own right. Yeah. Listen to the people, voice of the people. Listen to the people, voice of the people. Listen to the people, voice of the people. Oh, the time is safe.